ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We're going to honor God Almighty who is on His throne, His Son, the Prince of Peace, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the Bread of Life, the Door of Salvation, the Way, the Truth, and the Life. Jesus Christ is sitting at His right hand, yea, Monarch of Monarchs. And what made Queen Elizabeth the second we call now the great great is because she recognized that that Jesus Christ is King of Kings. She did not deceive herself uh, down in the hood we would say she kept it real on that point. And so we honor God, we honor Jesus Christ, we honor a life well lived for the most part. Nobody is perfect, even the queen. That's why she had to look to God. And we honor the queen by remembering one of her favorite hymns. Praise my soul, the King of Heaven. To his feet your tribute bring. Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. Evermore his praises sing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the everlasting King. Praise Him for His grace and favor to His people in distress. Praise Him still the same as ever, slow to chide and swift to bless. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glorious in His faithfulness. Father-like He tends and spares us well, our feeble frame he knows. In his hand he gently bears us, rescues us from all our foes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Widely yet his mercy flows. Angels, help us to adore him. You behold him face to face. Sun and moon bow down before him. Dwellers all in time and space. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise with us the God of grace. That's one of the, the Queen's favorite hymns. Shall we pray? Sometimes, folks, 
Now, I'm not a runner, but I know why people run. I'm not a shouter, but I know how I know why people shout. I'm certainly not a singer, but I know why people sing. Because once God gets a hold of you, the cup's going to run over. I can't explain it to you. <laughs> Woo! Mm-mm-mm. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional, memorial, Family, and that's right, family matters. Most of you have shot the family to hell in disobedience to God, disrespect for God. You know why uh, we have such problems today is because most people do not fear God, do not respect God have forgotten what we were taught as little children that God is a jealous God. Family, memorial, evangelistic service. This service some people do not like. You know why some people don't like this service? Is because it's a little bit longer but another reason is because we deal with the family. See, back in the day, they used to call that meddling. Huh? Yes. We deal with the family every day. I mean, almost every day. Now, I've, I've tried to lighten the load a little bit on myself and on my staff, my children. Trying to chop it up, but it still kind of goes. Because sometimes God gets a hold of me. See, when you make yourself available, God will, he'll use you. My beloved, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International. With the White House daily reading of the chronological Bible episode number 625 where I read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. Now as you know we are breaking things up uh, to lighten the load on me especially and then uh, my staff, my children. so we're doing it a little bit differently now and uh, we might need to change that for this may last for a little while uh, we're up to 600 episodes in this 
if you will, reading of the chronological Bible, 600 plus. I think this is 625. Uh, this unique viewpoint allows us to read the whole Bible as a single true story, a non-fiction story, and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. Today we are reading Proverbs chapter 22, verses 1 through 10. Proverbs chapter 22, verses 1 through 10. My beloved, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God. These are the words that Jesus referred to that we must live by, the Word of God. We just can't live by bread alone, but by the eternal Word of God. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. The rich and poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the forward. He that doeth keep his soul shall be far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity, and the rod of his anger shall fail. He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. Cast out the scorner, and contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you so much for your holy word. It has already blessed my heart. And I believe it has blessed the hearts of my family members who are saved. Those who are still mad as the devil, they are not saved. I believe that it has blessed the hearts of all born-again ones around the globe. Just the reading of your holy word. Now Lord we pray for the salvation of the lost and for the revival of the saved. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Now dear friend when I was a young teenager around 12 or 13 years old I wanted to get knowledge. I wanted to get wisdom I was lost, so it was just an attempt uh, at be, being more proud and more vain. 
And, uh, and so I would go and pick up the big old family Bible. I hesitate to go to eBay and buy one. I've seen one because we already have enough stuff and books and things. And when I, when I say this is, uh, I may buy one to show you one and then, uh, then I don't know what I'll do. But we're not talking about the Bibles you're familiar with. We're talking about a Bible this big and this high and had birth dates in it. And uh, when a child was born, so much so that cities used that Bible, that family Bible. They had so much respect for the Bible and they knew the people who had the Bible had so much respect for the Bible. That they used it as a birth certificate back in the day. You can't do that now, but back in the day. Big old Bible. This was not a Bible you carried to church. Most people back in those days didn't carry Bibles to church anyway. But uh, you, you, I mean, you would have some. You would have a backache trying to carry this Bible. It's set on the table and you were not to touch it you never said anything on it or near it and I don't know if the white folks had one in their family or not pardon me I have to get my power that my daughters Danny and Anita bought me And um, I tried to read that Bible, lost and on my way to hell and didn't even know it. was going to church every week with my parents. That's one thing my mother did. Now, you're going to go to church. And she went with us, and so did my dad. That's a rare thing nowadays and was rare back then. But I believe God honored that because my parents could have easily divorced. They were separated several times. Uh, they were separated one time. I didn't even know it. I found out later that when I, when I graduated from high school and went to work, I was working somewhere as a trainer, even though I was young. Uh, I was... If you don't mind my boasting a little bit, I was such a great worker that they made me a trainer for other stores that were opening up. And so I left town the next day in my red Mustang because I had a, a trainer job. And, they, and they, as I traveled the state of North Carolina and South Carolina, they would put me up in nice hotels and they paid for the hotels for weeks and months. long time paid for this that and the other and uh, to go train other people 
and um, and I was out and about in the world and so forth. And uh, my dad, he one of the most wonderful things he ever did. He came and visited me. Uh, and my dad was a preacher, but he knew I loved beer and and uh, stuff like that back in those days. Pink champagne and Schlitz malt liquor, bull. I don't know if they even have that anymore. Uh, but the Schlitz malt liquor bull would do the job. But he knew I loved Schlitz malt liquor bull, and so he came with his Bible and with a six-pack of Schlitz malt liquor bull. Now, he used to drink Coke 45 before he got saved. <laughs> He was trying to reach his son the best way he could. He said, maybe I can reach his heart with this six-pack of Slits Malt Liquor Bull. And he drunk one with me. Because even even after he was saved, he he was a wine-bibber. Uh, like I am as well. <laughs> We saw the wine coolers in the refrigerator. They didn't try to hide it. But uh, so it was not a big deal. But he left me some verses in his Flintstone type writing uh, style. I mean, my dad never sharpened a pencil. He would just take a knife and cut it. He never wrote with an ink pen. He wrote with a pencil. And it had a little square point. And, and, and his writing looked like Flintstone writing, Stone Age. <laughs> and he left me some verses to read, and, and, and I didn't look them up and read them. He read something to me. I can't remember what it was. But, uh, and, and, I, and I just wondered, you know, where was Mommy? He said, well, we're separated right now. She left the day you left. I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was the first one to graduate. She took the other children and went to Apalachicola, Florida, left him in North Carolina. This was not the first time. And I think I might have said something smart like, so, so that's why you're up here to see me. You're lonely. <laughs> no, we had a time. That's one of the best times we ever had. Uh, together, he came and stayed with me in my hotel and everything. And uh, at that time, he still didn't understand. He left me some verses, but he at that time he still didn't fully understand how to present the gospel. Even though he was saved, I believe he got saved through the preaching of Dr. Billy Graham. Um. But anyway, uh, I tried to read that Bible, and I couldn't get past chapter 2. It, it was a struggle. I mean, I said, what in the world? Why is this book so hard to read? Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I said, okay, I got that. And then after that, I was lost. And so I tried that several times and never got anywhere. But I found out later in life that you have to first get saved. You have to first believe in the Lord Jesus Christ before you could understand the Bible. 
And so, dear friends, here is how I became a Christian and how you can too. First of all, right now today, if you have never thought about this, first of all, understand that you are a sinner. The Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, you know, this is God's word because how would anybody know this? See, in this world, you have to go take polls of people to find out whether this kind of thing is true. When nobody takes a poll. It's too many people. And it would have to be 100%. You would have to ask everybody, are you a sinner? Well, God has saved us all of that. He has made it very clear that we are all sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Next, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. By the way, what is sin? Have you ever sinned? Some of you don't even realize you have sinned against God. And see, that's the, that's the power of the blindness of sin. Another thing is, you really don't think your sins are that bad. That's another dangerous uh, aspect of the blindness of sin. How sin blinds you uh, in so many ways. The wages of sin is death. That is bad news. Do not believe these philosophers who tell you uh, that, well, death is just a part of life. No, 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 my friend. It is the end of life. You understand? You understand what I'm saying to you? It is the end of life. The termination of life. The cessation of life is over up here on this earth. We don't die because of a sickness. That's the means to death. We die because of sin. Sin will destroy anything. It is so destructive, is more destructive than a nuclear bomb, my friend, in every way. Sin brings death to many things, not only to your life, to your marriage, to your family, to your uh, means of income. Sin will, will and can, can and will shut you down. Sin will take you further than you wanted to go, keep you longer than you wanted to stay, and make you pay more than you wanted to pay. Sin is a bad boy. And make no mistake about that. Do not delude yourself. And God is angry with the wicked every day. That's what the Bible says. No, nobody wants me to, to, to say that. My sweet evangelical friends don't want me to say things like that. But that's what the Bible says. Okay. Just because you 
uh, are not angry at your sin does not mean that God is not. God is angry. God, God is, 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 has a problem with sin and disobedience and rebelliousness. Because he is the God of holiness. And he said, be ye holy as I am holy. Now, what God wants me to tell you is that, and what he wants you to understand, yes, God is loving, as you will see here in a minute. Very loving. Beyond what you can even imagine. But he wants you to understand something. If he will allow you to die off of this beautiful place called earth, and frankly, I have no problem with earth. The problem that we cause on earth because of our sin is the real issue. One time when I flew from Atlanta to the Virgin Islands to speak, to preach. I had some problems in Atlanta. Guess what? Those problems went with me to the Virgin Islands when I went and, uh, and so when I saw the blue green water coming up at me at my feet, that didn't solve my problems or take away my sins and my temptations. See, we defile earth. Earth, earth is fine. God made a beautiful place for us to live. We mess it up. We go to the most beautiful places and foul it up with our sins. And then at night still, in the Bahamas, in Jamaica, in the most beautiful places in the world, and in Alaska, we spoil it. And we uh, mess it up with our sins that we carry with us and we defile the most beautiful places in the world with our gross sins against God. So sin is a problem. And if God will allow you to die and each and every one of us as did the Queen will die. The Pope will die. The Dalai Lama will die. The queen, one of the greatest monarchs in history, has died. And dear friend, you're going to die. The nice Joel Osteen is going to die. Every last one of us will die because of our sinful nature, which is a sin factory. We produce sin. We don't have to even wait on doing uh, sins that we know about. The sinful nature in us will even produce sins. That's one of the reasons why, manufacture sins rather, that's one of the reasons why we must die. It is a punishment. It's nothing wonderful about death unless you're going to die and go to heaven. And so if God will allow you to die from this earth, God will allow you to go to hell for eternity, to burn and to be tormented if you do not believe in his son, Jesus Christ, and receive him as your savior. And that's a fact. 
Hell is a fact. Make no mistake about it. Why do I say that? How can I say that? Because Jesus Christ, who never lied and never played with the word. And with people's souls. He preached more on hell than all of the prophets and the apostles in the Bible. He preached more on hell than he did about heaven. Why? Because hell is a real place. You die, you die from this earth without Jesus Christ, red, yellow, black, or white. I'm here to tell you, you're going to hell. Now, you don't hear that much from our sweet evangelical uh, Baptist Bible uh, uh, Methodist preachers today. You know why? Because they don't love you like Jesus loves you. He told you that. He told all of us that. Because he loves us and he wants us to take advantage of the painful death he went through for our sins when he paid our sin debt. Sin has to be paid for. Either you're going to pay for it in hell throughout eternity or you're going to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ who suffered, bled and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose from the dead by the power of Almighty God. Who paid for it, who suffered for it, who died for it. You need to believe in him. For it was John the Baptist who said, Behold the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God who has taken away the sin of the world. And all you have to do is believe in him. He is the sacrificial, holy and pure, sinless Savior and Passover Lamb of God for everybody. Not only the Jews, but the Gentiles too. Red, yellow, black and white. We're all precious in God's sight. He created us all. And he died for us all. And all you have to do is believe in him, trust in him, have faith in him. For here is the good news uttered by none other than Jesus Christ himself. He preached it first and he preached it best. Nobody can top him. For he said the most important words in the history of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is, perish in hell, but have everlasting life. Just believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, as he said. He was talking about himself. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by the power of Almighty God. I have preached this gospel thousands of times, but I'm here to tell you it blesses my heart even more so now to preach it to you. So believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then call on his name. Pray and ask him to save your soul. For he made it clear in Romans 10, 9 and 13. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. The eternal burning hell. Saved to what? Saved to heaven to be with God. And to be with Jesus Christ and the other saints. And the angels for the divine reset. If I were you, I wouldn't miss it for the world. And so today, dear friends, if you want to be able to read the Bible and understand it, because after I got saved, December the 19th, 1979, I started reading the Bible. That I think that same weekend, because they hadn't given me a Bible yet, I think they gave it to me on that weekend that Sunday I got saved on a Wednesday night late if I'm not mistaken I may be wrong about that Michael Lewis who led me to the Lord might have given me a Bible that night all I know is when I got it I didn't put it down I soaked it up little a little Bible Old Testament New Testament they call them gift Bibles. My mine was brown. I did not put it down. I mean, I read it from cover to cover. And I was understanding a whole lot more than what I ever understood before. My eyes were open. The scales had dropped off. That will happen for you if you get saved today. Believe in your heart in Jesus Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved call on his name repeat after me phrase by phrase believing in your heart in Jesus Christ follow me in prayer right now Holy Father God I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight I have broken your Ten Commandments by lying, by stealing, by lusting, by coveting uh, what other people have and even other people. I have committed the sin of dishonoring and disrespecting and disobeying my parents. <coughs> And Lord, I know that you do not take sin lightly. Forgive me of my sin of doing so. And Lord, I've committed the sin of dishonoring you by taking your holy vein. I pray that for Jesus Christ's sake, you would have mercy and grace upon me. And please forgive me for all of my sins, of all of my sins.
As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins. Was buried and rose from the dead by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of my sins. Help me to change and help me to turn from my evil lifestyle and to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake, amen. Glory be to God in the highest. What a joy and what a privilege it is to pray that prayer with you and to see you believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ because you understand the consequences of not doing so. And so, dear friend, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you uh, prayed that prayer with me in sincerity, according to the Word of God, the Bible, that's all we can go by. We can't go by our feelings. We can't go by what Dr. Do-Nothing says. We can't go by what people say. We can't go by what the preacher says. We have to go by what the Bible says. That's it. And if the Bible says, uh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and call on his name in prayer and ask him to save you, uh, then you would be saved. Well, that's what you need to be going with. That's what I believe. That's why I have no problem uh, guessing and hoping whether or not you got saved. If you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ and you were sincere and following me in that prayer, I believe that you're saved and I say congratulations to you for doing the most important thing in life. Now to help you grow in the faith and to become the strong Christian disciple that God wants you to be, then go to gospellightsociety.com and uh, tap my book titled What to Do, my free book titled What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10, 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Uh, so read this book. It will give you the next steps exactly of what you need to do as a born-again Christian now to help you grow in the faith and become a strong disciple for Christ. Also email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com And let us know that you got saved today, that you believed in Christ. And so that we can rejoice with you and also send you even more information to help you grow. 
at any time of the day, email us at that email or, or some other email. And with your questions, we will help you uh, until Jesus comes, if you want us to. And if you have a prayer request, send that in, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved, we're going to resume uh, the standing between uh, the living and the dead service already in progress. And this will be your first uh, Bible study for those of you who got saved today. And God wants you to pray and read the Bible every day from now on. And we have m much material to share with you. And so we're here for you. If I were you, I would tap into the series, the devotional series. Um, we have several devotional uh, series uh, things going on at the same time. One is evening and morning. Uh, and uh, another one is uh, the treasury of David. But I would tap in, if you want to learn the Bible, I would tap into uh, the Scripture and the Sense podcast, where we go line upon line, here a little, there a little. We go verse by verse, word by word, through the Bible. Okay? It's very in-depth. It is seminary level. I said it is seminary level. Even though you may not be called to preach yet, uh, it is seminary level as far as, you, as far as the knowledge is concerned. Okay? And so I would tap into that if you want to learn the Bible. You can go all the way back and start where we started. Right now we're in the book of Matthew. Uh, this is our family section. If you have a family, if you're married... You have children, you need to tap into this. Okay? Just go all the way back from the start at the beginning and come right on up. And you will help yourself and your marriage and your family a whole lot by cutting out a whole bunch of foolishness. Now, let me just say this to you. The value of education and prayer and wisdom from God will save you millions of hours of time. That's the, one of the great values of education, wisdom, and knowledge. Okay? It will save you and save you all kinds of problems and thousands upon thousands of hours of time in your life, which will free up time to do what God wants you to do. That's the big value of it, my dear friends. Uh, so take take some time and listen. And learn and read and then proceed. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 20. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This is what God wants you to do. As a Christian, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
not your might and not in your strength. Put on the whole arm of God, and this is apropos to the family, and I believe foremost in the family. Because, listen to me very carefully now, in case some of you people don't understand. The devil is going to attack you on the uh, war grounds of your family, first and foremost. And if he wants to stop you from doing the good work of God that you are supposed to do, he's going to attack your family first. He's going to use the Judases in your family first. Why? Well, what would you do if you were the devil? You would infiltrate. And you, you will use somebody that, that uh, he knows you love to attack you. That is his strategy. Most people buckle at that. And if you don't understand that, you're going to buckle too. Okay? That ye may be able to stand against the, not, no buckling, stand. No buckling, no, no buckling. To stand against the wiles of the devil. Because the devil, if you're going to serve God and do something for God, for his glory, he's going to come after you. As long as you don't do anything for God and you don't obey God, then he, he's already got you. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is a verse you need to hide in your heart if you're going to get married and be married and have children. You must hide this in your heart because if you don't lock down on this right here, you're going to believe that your family members are the devil when that is not the case. The devil is behind them, maybe, trying to use them. <clears throat> you, you need to make sure your focus is on hating the devil and not hating your family members. Otherwise, you're going to end up in divorce like nearly 60% of, of the marriages in this country. Because people don't understand this right here. They, they, and they cannot, and they refuse, some people refuse to separate uh, the devil from their spouse. But there is space between them. It may not be much, but there's space between them. And you need to understand that. Otherwise, you're not going to be married long. And you're going to be walking around like two ships in, two fat ships in the night. Not speaking to each other, not touching each other. And that's hell too. One of, the one of the great benefits of marriage is sex and intimacy. All of that goes together, and that needs to be happening for that marriage to stay intact. Otherwise, that, that need is so strong on both sides, the man and the woman. That need for intimacy, that need for sex and all of that is a big part of the marriage, contrary to what my sweet evangelicals tell you. Uh, who have bought into the lie that uh, rose petals and flowers and uh, an expensive $500 meal is what it's all about. It's not. It, it, it's just like one of the ladies said, no, we don't have time for all of that right now. Let's just get a bucket of chicken and let's go to town. Let's do what we need to be doing, physically speaking. Let's get physical. 
Okay, let's get down to business. Okay, in fact, for the smart people, the smart Christians, you get down to business first and then eat later. Okay, and that needs to be happening quite often. Uh, even in at least your 60s, I know that because I'm 60 something. And I feel like a 20 year old man when it comes down to that area. So at least in your 60s. You got to uh, take care of business in that area. Uh, really, you don't have a, see, you don't, you really don't have a marriage if you don't communicate, you don't talk, and, you know, you play the silent treatment, and then you don't have sex. That's why people get divorced. Because uh, this right over this over here kills this over here. Yeah, I don't see how you can have sex and be doing the silent treatment. Marriage matters, big time. You mess up your marriage and you lose your marriage and your family and all that's jacked up. The rest of your life is going to be jacked up. Nothing is going to cause you more pain. Oh, so I'm gonna get out of this marriage. Uh, go ahead on and run out of run again and run out of the marriage, like so many other people have done. Your heart is going to be shattered in a million pieces. Not only that day, when the when the divorce is final, but every time you go to a recital, and every time you uh, go to a funeral. Every time you go to a graduation, a graduation, shatter, 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 death, 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 all the way till you die. Because God made us to do things a certain way. And he has not changed. He changeth not. Okay, and that's why some of you listening to me right now, you don't have your spouse with you. You know they ought to be there, like Dr. T.D. Jake said. It's good to have somebody to fuss with. I mean, that's a blessing. You see, if you, if you have the right mindset and the right mentality, thank God you got somebody to fuss with or uh, say something about and so forth to say something to and all of that. Huh? Huh? Because when they're gone, uh, you're going to hear nothing and you're going to see nothing and you're not going to get, excuse it, Excuse me, nothing. Mm -hmm. You were so mad and angry at her, so mad and angry at him, you're not even benefiting from what you can benefit from. So, remember that verse. Allow me to read it in your hearing again, and I'm going to ask my staff... Uh, to please allow me to pick it up here tomorrow along with the next Bible passage. I'm going to try to do, try to catch that up a little bit. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now let me just uh, tell you something about my wife and I. My wife from the get up, she wants it like the traditional, like her parents and my parents who were ignorant and did not know the Bible. 
And certainly not this verse. I've never heard this verse read in my household growing up, and I'm sure she didn't. Uh, and like the American way. My wife, she wants it to be a flesh and blood situation. It's just me and you. Don't bring God in it. Don't bring the Bible in it. It, it, this is between you and see, and I never, I never play on that playground because of what I know about what God says. And the reason, one of the main reasons why we're still mad is not because I like her nasty attitude and her pride, stubbornness, and rebelliousness, is because I know who's behind it. You understand what I'm saying to you? I'm trying to set you free. The devil is behind that foolishness and that evil and she can't stand the fact that that's how I see it so that's that because I see it that way there's no need to get a divorce because it's not a personal thing besides that it just so happens because I am the man I am in charge and so it's going to go the way I want it to go see because I do believe in the authority that God gave me. Now you can walk out from under that authority if you want to. That's going to be on you. But as for me and my house, honey, we're going to, we're going to uh, uh, follow the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord up in here. I, mean, I made that clear for 34 years. Even, even though she fought me like a devil. Because it was the devil behind her. I said this yesterday and I'll say it again. God has seen it. God has allowed this thorn in the flesh in my life. I thank God for it. And, and uh, by the way, there are, there are some great benefits I have gotten from my wife. Because she's never been a Calvinator refrigerator woman. And she has taken care of my sexual needs. And that, that's, that's very important. And let me help you. Let me help you people. Okay. Don't throw. As they say. The baby out with the bath water. Enjoy what you can enjoy. Benefit from what you can benefit from. Oh you know. It doesn't matter about her. Uh uh. uh being mad and all of that and trying to provoke something between her and I. Well, that, that's what the devil does. That, that's what the devil uses her to do. To try to provoke something. To this very day. Sad to say. You say well. I, I, why, why is she still doing it after 34 years? Because she's not saved. She has no control mechanism. She does not have the Holy Ghost working through her as she should. See, see, and by my being saved and being a preacher of this for so many years, I know this is the problem. If the devil can take you at will, there's something wrong somewhere. If you don't have any self-control that would benefit you, then there's a devil somewhere. That's why I believe that my wife needs to be saved. And she's right here. Helping me in the ministry right now. And if you, husband, wife, even adult children, do not understand and, 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 and take heed to this passage, your relationships are going to be destroyed. Things that you think are personal and flesh and blood, 
they're really spiritual and the devil is behind it. And you're going to miss out on benefiting from your parents' wisdom, knowledge, and understanding and being used by other people trying to get, their, trying to get something from them and, and they don't have what you need. Because your parents know you and they know what's in you. And they can tell you some things that your mentor or your fake pastor can't tell you and don't care to even try to help you with it. Flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Hide that in your heart. And I'm going to ask my staff to help me to start at verse 13 tomorrow. Uh, if the Lord should tarry his coming and we live. Now let's pray for uh, some folks and their fa families. And then we'll close out. And by the grace of God, if the Lord says the same, if the Lord tarries and we live, <clears throat> I'll be preaching the Just Jesus campaign around 7 o'clock or so tonight. And for those of you who are so concerned about the Dallas Cowboys, I told you last Sunday they were going to lose because you don't understand people. You have to have a certain kind of quarterback, not a Romo and not a Dak. I don't care if he is black. I, I mean, I love all. I'm glad to see black people rise. But Dak is a, is a black Romo. You have to have someone who has a killer instinct, like Brady, like, uh, I think his name is Russell, forget his name, um, Rofflinberger, uh, people who, have, who, have, who win, 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 like Steph Curry. You got to have, it's a certain mentality. It's a certain mentality, if you will, a certain spirit in a man. <clears throat> and I've seen Tom Brady do it over and over again. Now, and don't make Tom Brady mad <clears throat> by doing locker room talk in your locker room against him. And he hears about it and stuff like that. He's going to kill you. It's just in him. Now, he seems to be a good guy, but he's a killer. He will break your heart. I knew he was going to come into Dallas and whip the Cowboys. Because, they, listen to me, the owner <coughs> is playing games. <coughs> he got what he wanted. He has the richest team in the world, in sports, the Dallas Cowboys. He got what he wanted. And he's just a seller of hope. Okay? He, he's not that concerned about winning the Super Bowl. I can tell you that. Because you got to get a killer in there to win the Super Bowl. Uh, a quarterback. And I'm talking about a quarterback. Uh, it, 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 listen to me very carefully. If you got that boy from the Bengals in here. He's a killer. 
and you you wrap that team around him, he'll 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 get you to the Super Bowl in the first year like he did with the Bengals, which is a worse team than Dallas Cowboys. I, I, speaking of the Bengals, I think they're playing today. And and please do not take my prediction seriously about the Cowboys because I don't think the Lord really cares about that now that much. He cares about the players giving him glory for the talents that God gave them. But he doesn't really care who wins or loses. But if most of the team believe in him, they're probably going to win. Win, win, win. You see, Christian people win. Born again people win, win, win. You don't believe it's about the quarterback? The Kansas City Chiefs, they, they, they lost the, one, of the, one of the greatest receivers in history. But they still win, 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 baby. They still win. Okay. You bring a Burris. You, I, I think that's his name from the Bengals. You bring a Russell. Uh, I forget his name, first name or last name, whatever his name is. Uh, you bring a Peyton. You bring uh, a Namath. They may not have the talent of a Romo or a Dak, but they have this up here. Something's up here that Romo never had. And I said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Romo should never be calling a Super Bowl because he never won a championship. It's wrong for him to get paid that kind of money to call the Super Now, he does have Madden ability. This says a lot about our, uh, our age in which we live in. Madden's won the Super Bowl. Madden won the Super Bowl with almost nothing. With a quarterback named the, a snake who smoked cigarettes and drunk beer uh, like it's going out of style. Player. Ken Stabler was a player player. Like Namath. But they had something up here. Up in here. Somewhere. And they were able to rally other men. To win the Super Bowl. Romo never did, had that, never did it. Dak doesn't have it and he's not going to do it either. I, I'm telling you right now, Dak is not going to the Super Bowl. Not because, you know, he can do this all he wants to and throw the ball and all. That's great. I have questions, too, about all these, these, these strange injuries in the first game. What is this about? I mean, there's something psychological going on that makes a difference. Brady knew he was going to win before he got here. Brady has the Dallas Cowboys number. Number Dallas may be the richest team uh, and look like something, but they not they're not anything as they should be. Uh, and let me tell you something else. If Tim Tebow would apologize to the First Baptist Church of Dallas for joining with the homosexuals and trying to advance his career by supporting homosexuality against speaking at the First Baptist Church, which he has never been successful since. 
because God does not like ugly. I promise you, even right now, if they brought, if they would hire Tim Tebow and put him in the locker room, if he would repent of that, they would win, win, win. And I believe also that if Tim Tebow had not done that, he would have won a Super Bowl by now. Because he has that mentality. So anyway, uh, that's all free, for, uh, folks. Uh, let's pray for others who are hurting and suffering. So uh, all I said, I said that to say this. You don't have to worry about watching the Dallas Cowboys. Forget about it. You just you 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 stick with what matters. Prayer, reading the Bible, obeying the Bible. You do that first. And don't get all hyped up about the Dallas Cowboys and other sports because all of that stuff is just going to break your heart and make you feel depressed and defeated and disgusted because it comes and it goes. It's entertainment. Comes like a, a little flame from the teapot and then it's gone, a vapor, and it's gone. So don't get all caught up in that. Some of you all geared up, you know, you got all your food ready and everything. You geared up to be defeated and disgusted and fatter. Okay? Join us in praying for others. Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yes, we do pray, Lord, for the millions who are hurting all around the globe today from the coronavirus plague and many other things. Lord, we pray that you will comfort them as only you can. Draw them to yourself for salvation. And Lord, we pray for the family and friends. We pray for a few by name as we do pray for the millions. We pray for the family and friends of Oklahoma resident Jeffrey Connolly. We pray for the family and friends of Texas resident Glenda Barton. We pray for the family and friends of Texas resident Naomi Monsivis. And Lord, we pray now for some prayer requests that have come in. Uh, we pray for Nita. Please save and miraculously heal a six-year-old Israeli boy named Yankee, uh, spelled Y-A-N-K-Y, from fatal cancer. Save and comfort his entire family. Please provide a permanent loving home for two dogs. Lord, we pray for Crystal. Thank you for curing her, filling her with your Holy Ghost, and breaking all her chains. Please help her find her path to healing and stay on the right path. And we pray for others by your, uh, for the healing of others by your Holy Spirit through her prayers, and her helping them. We pray for Pastor Bushibi. Thank you for the new baptisms and for how you led them in church planting at Kibachini and Nasanda. Please bless them with the right verdict in the Africa elections. Bless them to complete the Nasanda roofing and church structure. Save and provide for the poor, needy, weak, and hungry people. And heal the economy as well. 
pardon me. And Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord, for the people who have gotten saved through the preaching of the gospel through this ministry. Uh, down through the years, we pray not only for these few, but the thousands who have believed in you and who have truly gotten saved. Uh, we pray that you will help them all to grow in the faith, to pray without ceasing, to read your holy word every day. We pray for Thulani, Ganesh, Sinzo, Rossi, Fred, and others. We pray also for the people who have recommitted their lives to you through the preaching of the whole counsel of God from this pulpit. And Lord, help them to stand strong in the faith and not to quit. We pray for Jehosamine, Lucy, for Anitas, Azibu, and Nelson. We commit all of these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and forsake. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, until we meet again, hopefully tonight, if it be the Lord's will, uh, if the Lord says the same, if the Lord tells me to just go ahead and rest, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, so don't hold me to it. Uh, but uh, if the Lord tarries is coming and we live, I'm going to start preaching again right at the time of the Sunday night football game. And uh, so we're going to see how spiritual you are tonight. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, pray for your family, all of your family, even your enemies. Pray without ceasing. Read the Bible yourself. And Lord willing, we'll see you next time.